0: Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zuber Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: It's being called a democracy rally, and it's just getting underway on the lawn of Queen's Park. The rally and news conference is hosted by NDP leader Andrea Horvath as a protest to Premier Doug Ford's proposed legislation to cut Toronto City Council from 47 to 25 members. The Premier says the reduced Toronto City Council will make local government in Toronto more efficient, but Horvath says there's no place for the province to make decisions on behalf of Toronto taxpayers about their own municipal government. Voters care about this issue. There was a long lineup outside Queen's Park ahead of question period this morning in response to Andrea Horvath's invitation to join the public gallery for day three of the debate on this proposed legislation. This has also been a hot-button topic this week on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. So if you haven't gotten through, now is the time to call with your opinion on the controversy around downsizing Toronto City Council. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740 joining me now on the line is strategist kim wright vice president of public affairs for hill and knowlton welcome kim thanks for having me this is the first time we're hearing from you on this topic give us your thoughts
2: I think, in large part, what has struck everyone is the way in which the Ford government has gone about doing this. Doing this at the eleventh hour before the close of nomination, uh, well within the uh, uh, in the election period, where people had been registering to run for ward seats since the beginning of May. Uh, so to do it in that way without consultation uh, was quite extraordinary. This isn't about the size of government this isn't even frankly about the efficiency of government because if we wanted to talk about efficiency we would be talking about uh, a better intergovernmental relationship between the province and the cities uh, both Toronto and other regional governments we'd also be talking about how to restructure Toronto's city government in a way that makes it even more efficient and keeping in mind uh, for your listeners Toronto City Council deals with four to 500 items a varying size and complexity every single month. So to suggest that it's inefficient uh, isn't quite accurate. This is ultimately about uh, control of governance. It is about showcasing what the new Ford government can and will do to municipalities. Uh, And it ultimately comes down to being about downloading and who funds and pays for and is ultimately responsible for delivery of services like transit planning.
1: Right. And I want to hear from you, the Zoomer radio listener as well, uh, what you think this issue is, because it may not be a bad idea to make a smaller Toronto City Council. Kim, I, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. It's the way in which it's being imposed on the City of Toronto and Toronto voters, which I think is what most people are upset about, because even Andrea Horvath, in her three days during question period, is suggesting that the issue be put to the voters in a referendum, not unlike what John Tory is requesting.
2: At the end of the day, if you can, with a strike of a pen, say to Torontonians, okay, we're going to go with 25 city councils because that's the that's the provincial boundaries. That's the gold standard. Well, if I'm a, if I'm a resident in Windsor, I should be very worried about that because they have two MPPs. So does that mean their city council goes down to two? If I'm in London, does it mean my city council goes to three? What does that look like for democracy? And what does that look like for how people can really become involved in their communities?
1: Do you think that Andrea Horvath is going anywhere with her argument? In is it, a, is it a non-starter? Is it simply a stalling technique? Or does she actually have any kind of input or influence uh, with Doug Ford?
2: Well, I would like to believe that the court of public opinion, however it rallies, will matter one way or another. And there are people who believe that it's the right course of action and the right approach for this. And the Premier himself and the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing continues to talk about this as efficiency of local government. Uh, what isn't clear with, during the election campaign was their discussions about efficiency of government. Everyone thought they were actually focused on their own order of government, not about municipalities. And one of the things that uh, the minister talked about last week in, in the announcement is a, is a review of regional government. Uh, so not only whether or not to direct elect your regional chairs, uh, but how that order of government works entirely. And regional governments basically are uh, oversee uh, transit planning, uh, community planning, social services, and uh, and those large scale infrastructure uh, things, as well as policing and fire and ambulance.
1: I want to get to the phones. You're obviously, our lines are jammed, interested in weighing in on the proposal for a reduced Toronto City Council as a measure being implemented by the new Doug Ford government at Queen's Park. Let's go to John in Brampton. John, go ahead. Yes,
3: hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I believe that the most productive thing Andrea Horvath could do would be to find those very rich people and ask them to give a little bit more and eliminate the poverty that we have uh, you know, in, in some of our cities.
4: Failing that,
3: um, it, what she's doing as far as the Toronto City Council, every day that, that, that council, it was like an audition for clowns. It wasn't productive. <clears throat> it didn't get meaningful things done. Everything that was wrong before is wrong now and worse. So if you can't change it, you know, if you can't make it better, by asking for it to get better, then he did something. He did what a leader does. When something is wrong, when people who are responsible aren't fixing it, you make a decision. And as far as how many there are, my God, based on what they're asking for, proportionately we should have maybe around eight or 9,000 uh, MPPs for Ontario, and God knows how many thousands of MPs we should have for the country. More people doesn't get you... The desired result and especially like i said with toronto they've given it so many tries i i you know i've watched i've watched tory and i worked with him when he was when he was the leader of the of the uh, conservative party but tory did something i never imagined that any politician could ever do he made miller look good well, and, I- and that isn't something you want know, inscribed, you know, on your resume.
1: Well, certainly, I mean, you have to give credit to all the mayors uh, in their efforts to do their best on behalf of the citizens of Toronto. I think for the most part, uh, history has shown that the the mayors of Toronto, regardless of their political philosophies, have worked hard on behalf of the people. Um, and I guess that leads to another question, Kim. We're speaking with Strategist Kim Wright, uh, VP of Public Affairs for Hill & Knowlton. How is Mayor Tory handling this whole thing by, by uh, at least getting everyone on council or a majority on council to agree with his, uh, his proposal to get the city solicitor involved to see if there could be a legal challenge?
2: Well, I think it, it bodes well that the city is at least looking at what are the legalities. So years ago, when the megacity was happening, the city took that to court and challenged the authority for the province to do that. Uh, one of the things that's changed since megacity and that that decision was that uh, yes, the province had the ability to to dictate to the pro, uh, to the municipality. What has changed is that Mayor Miller, uh, when he was mayor managed to get the City of Toronto Act, and that gave the legislative authority for the City of Toronto to set their own ward boundaries, how they saw fit, uh, and that, that discretion was left to them. So where really we get into a court challenge uh, is around that issue of who actually has that authority to set those ward boundaries. And yes, the province's uh, Bill 5 uh, deletes that authority, Uh, But the question becomes, and the courts will have to rule, because we're in an election period, does the province have the ability to come in and essentially pause
1: that election? Let's go to Alan in Woodbridge. Hi, Alan. You're up next on Zoomer Radio. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, hi there. Thank you for taking my call. Um, My my point is, I'm all for Ford because I do believe in democracy, uh, just as Uh, What he's trying to do with the councillors, the Trudeau government's trying to do to him with the carbon tax. So, I mean, they were elected to do what they thought were best, the councillors, and uh, Doug Ford is doing what he assumes to be the best for it, and uh, the federal government. So right now, the federal government is trying to uh, force the carbon tax on Ontario. So if you truly believe in democracy, you know what? They were elected by the people to do for the people, and uh, that's the way I'm calling
1: it. And now the Ford PCs are launching a legal challenge against uh, the Trudeau Liberals in Ottawa, so they're they're getting what they're receiving potentially from uh, the John Tory government in Toronto as well, looking to see if there's a legal challenge. Okay. What, what do you think? I'm, I'm curious, Alan. Can you still hear me? Yeah, and I'm curious what you think about okay. uh, Doug uh, Ford. About that. Now, I just want to ask you, I'm curious what you think about Doug Ford springing this idea on the legislature without mentioning it in advance during the election campaign.
4: Okay, my, just, uh, my, my thought is that although the legal action will be taken, I don't think the, the courts will uphold anything based on the fact that uh, these people were uh, voted in as representatives of the people. I think it's that simple.
1: Thank you for your call, Alan. Let's go to Bernie in Mississauga. What do you have to say about this issue, Bernie?
4: Yeah, well, I think there's an overall
3: strategy in it because... It's no doubt that right-wingers can raise more money from the rich than left-wingers can raise from the poor. So all this is is going to be a a one-way council elected with 25 members that can afford to get elected by buying the elections. And that's all it's all about. This is a lazy, fair government. They don't believe in government. They believe in getting out of it. They believe in protecting the rich and looking after the rich. The left-wingers look after the poor.
1: So you don't agree with what Doug Ford is doing?
3: So same the same when he cut the, 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 the guaranteed income for those, uh, those people that were getting it or something. No, it, it all bodes well. It's a lazy, fair government. He believes in government getting out of the idea of business and letting business handle everything.
1: All right, Bernie, thanks for your call. We're going to go straight to the rally on the lawn of Queen's Park now. And joining us on the line is the NDP MPP for Toronto's Davenport Riding, Merritt Stiles. Hi, Merritt. <laughs>
5: Hi. Thanks for uh, inviting me to join you today.
1: Well, describe the scene for us. And obviously, we understand this is from the perspective of the host New Democrats. But please, if you could try to be as objective as you can be in describing what's going on there.
5: Well, there's a good crowd here of folks who are, I think, entirely uh, supporting uh, the NDP's motion to try to uh, kill this bill that's an attack on local democracy. There's There's hundreds of people here, for sure, and a lot of them are out, I know, talking to folks, uh, taking time off their lunch breaks to come out here, show their support. There were also a lot of these people were in the public galleries today watching Question Period. So um, you can really sense from folks here that they're very unhappy the Ford government is doing. Um, And Andrea Horvath is just starting to speak right now.
1: Oh, great. Okay, well, I'll let you listen in to her while keeping an ear with us as well. I want to get back to the phones. Kim Wright is also here, strategist Kim Wright. And in Oshawa, do you have an opinion about what the Ford government is doing in terms of cutting Toronto City Council?
6: I think he's right for doing that. They're paid thousands and thousands, and there's too many of them. They get in free everywhere. Well, Every place they get in free and their children get in free and they get free, free parking, free everything. And other families can't even afford to take their kids to these places.
1: But what about giving the, the people of Toronto, the citizens of Toronto, the choice about uh, the size of their own city council? You're in Oshawa. Uh, don't you think that the people in this city should have a say rather than having it imposed definitely,
6: on them? Yes, the people should have a say. But... That's neither here nor there. Are they going to have a say? Do they ever have a say? The poor people who can't even afford to go to these places? But the the uh, people at the city hall, their councillors get in everywhere free and their families and free parking. Other people have to pay through the nose for everything. It's not right. It's not right. And,
1: and Ford's trying to change that. Okay, Anne, thanks for calling in. Uh, Kim, it seems like there's there's a lot of anger out there, and, and, and that anger was certainly harnessed by Doug Ford. Uh, in in painting a picture of, of local politicians or politicians in general as being a bad thing, as being a negative thing.
2: There are always stereotypes out there. I can tell you from covering Toronto City Hall, and other municipalities across Canada for the better part of 15 years. These are incredibly hardworking people, and they are, by and large, in there for the right reasons. They are trying their best to uh, help their communities, help them grow, and also dealing with some very complicated issues around things like the opioid crisis. And how that has really blossomed and gone through an extraordinary, heart-wrenching, but also interdivisional approach to how do we deal with such problems like this. And and it's it's not easy. It's complicated. Uh, this isn't uh, like decades past where we, you know, do we put in some new sewer tiles and call it a day. This is it is a very complicated government uh, that we are asking people to put their lives, and they have... Signed up to do, um, but watching what they go through and how they're trying to plan and how they're trying to grow a city, uh, I have the utmost respect for any politician that uh, that does the work that they are that they are being uh, that they've chosen to do. Now, can we do these things better? Can we make uh, the decision making process more efficient? Yes, but we also have to do it in a way that respects the communities that we live in and and make sure that those voices are heard. It's easy to say, well, we'll streamline debate. Well, streamlining debate is usually code for we don't want to listen to people talk. We don't want to listen to have uh, dissenting voices. And one of the things that is a hallmark of city government is how do we make sure that people's voices are actually heard? And I think anything that takes away from that, I have a significant issue with.
1: Let's get back. Uh, Sorry.
2: Go ahead. No. No, and I think one of the things we need to have a real strong look at, you know, when we deal with the city of Toronto, it is the sixth largest government in the country. Uh, They deal with a lot of issues. They deal with a lot of complexity. I think we need to have a, a serious reconfiguration of that government, but to do it in such a way that is respectful of the democratic process, not at the 11th hour.
1: Let's get back to Merritt Stiles, uh, NDP MPP for Toronto's Danf- Davenport riding on the lawn of Queen's Park. What is the opposition leader saying to the people, Merritt?
5: Well, she's, she's talking about the motion that she's put forward uh, that we're going to be debating this afternoon. We're going to be attempting to stop uh, the government from this attack on local democracy. Uh, we really believe, and she's getting a great response from the crowd here, Uh, that that city councillors have a really important role to play. And I heard some of what Kim just said, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, City councillors in our city deal with probably the most cases and casework from constituents of any level of government. And and they're dealing with the stuff that really hits people directly in their communities, like the developments that's happening, the opioid crisis. You know, everything that people deal with in their day-to-day lives comes through their city councillor. And so... I think what this is, and what Andrea is saying, is this is about Doug Ford dealing with uh, the fact that he never got elected by the people of this city. He's dealing with his old political foes, and he's trying to limit the state and democracy in our city. And uh, we're not going to stand for it. And the NDP and Andrea Horvath and uh, all of us MPPs in the official opposition NDP are going to fight it with every tool we have, uh, because we really think that uh, this is not the way to serve uh, our constituents. And uh, and I think that as as Kim rightly pointed out, you know it means that a lot less people are going to be consulted in our community. And I actually think that that's what Duckworth's looking for. I mean, you know, there's a lot of developers that would like to see less community consultation, less voice for communities. They don't want to build the affordable housing units, right? And we have to push them. And our city councils are on the front line of that. And if they're not there, and we have fewer of them, and they're overworked and overloaded. Then we can expect those developers could get away with a whole lot more.
1: All right, let's get back to the phones. It's Jane Brown for Libby's Nymer here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Sheriff in Mississauga. Your opinion on this issue. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. What have you got to say to us? Yes, Doug Ford.
4: What he's doing, he's completely doing right. Second thing, Andrea Horwath should have packed long time ago. John Tory in Toronto, what he did to Toronto, squeezed Toronto into one, one lane. Those people should go. That's my comment, and thank you very much.
1: Okay, Sheriff, thanks for calling in. All of our calls so far have been from outside the city of Toronto. Uh, With the exception of Bob in Etobicoke, who joins us now on the line, Bob, what do you think about what's happening to your local government by the Doug Ford PCs? I'm in agreement
7: with it because one, now we have 311. We don't need to run to our local town council. I've used 311 in a couple of instances. There was a a sinkhole was developing, and within a day they went out and looked at it. They have put signs. I live in the West Mall. They put senior. Uh, sign so that people know that there's seniors in the building. The 311 is a great thing. Well, before we had 311, maybe you needed to catch your counselor. I wish he would go a little farther. I would want to see Toronto take over Mississauga, Pickering, Ajax, half of Vaughan, and make it like the GTA would be one transportation system. Proper subways, proper transportation, one fare, And and because what's happening now, the developers are building condos downtown and the city doesn't want to raise house taxes. So they raise commercial taxes.
1: So all the businesses
7: move out of town and now we have no jobs downtown.
1: Okay, Bob, I appreciate your call and your ideas as well. Some original and unique thoughts oh. there. Uh, we do have to move on to the next segment. Uh, we'll be speaking with OPP Sergeant Carrie Schmidt uh, about the long weekend traffic enforcement. Certainly very important for those of us out driving through the long weekend. But just uh, some closing sentiments. First of all, uh, Merritt Styles there on the lawn of Queen's Park. Uh, something you'd like to close with before we say goodbye to you? Well, I just want to
5: thank everybody who's been lending their voices to this call to to stop Doug Ford and his government from doing this to our city. You know, Toronto is like any other city. We need we need good representation, and particularly for seniors and others who, who find that their services just sometimes aren't always available to them as quickly as they need them. We need the kind of community representation that, that our council provides. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's up to us as the residents of Toronto to make this call, not Doug Ford. So I think it's a uh, really undemocratic move. Uh, I'm really, really happy to hear so many Torontonians lending their voices to this. And uh, we can push back. We just need to make sure everybody gets out there and let the conservative MPPs know Uh, how upset they are with this attack on our democracy.
1: Okay, Merritt, thanks for your time. And certainly we will hear the highlights during the afternoon from the rally at Queen's Park on Zoomer Radio News with Bob Comsick. Let's go, uh, just a final thought from Kim Wright, our strategist from Hill and Knowlton.
2: I think it's time that we have a real grown-up conversation about Which order of government needs to be involved in which decision-making? How do we have a better intergovernmental affairs strategy? And given that municipalities are as large as they've become, a million, two million, pushing into three million people, uh, I think it's time we have a, a larger conversation about the true role of municipalities within that broader
1: intergovernmental framework. All right. Thank you for your time, Kim. We'll speak again. Thank you.